0: how's that eh? a little bit strange a little bit odd a little bit bizarre how's the next slide please I should never have switched from scratch to martinis Humphrey Bogart well-known comedian back in the day next one tomorrow I shall no longer be here Nostradamus those of you who don't know Nostradamus it's kind of funny because he was like this guy who thought he could tell the future and so he said well you know he knew that he was his life was coming to an end these are rather strange words from men at the end of their lives in a moment where they should be taking stock of everything that's happened their loved ones perhaps maybe contemplating where next rather strange words tonight I want to have a look at the book of Joshua as we begin to wrap it up and I want us to take stock not just of the book But we've been speaking a lot about taking ground and claiming our inheritance, and you know it's almost been a bit of a rah rah. Let's go! Let's take it! Let's go for it! And we can so easily do that, but never actually stop and pause and take stock of actually what's been happening. Are we doing that? How's it going? I want you to begin to ask yourself those questions. Are you taking ground? What does that look like? Has your life begun to change at all, in any way? And so we're going to have a look at that tonight. So if I can have my next slide, I want to dive in to start with by having a quick look at the book of Joshua. It's actually really simple. It's broken up into four parts. There's 24 chapters. And the first five chapters of the book of Joshua, as you'll recall, is the nation of Israel. um, One, it was the Lord commissioning the leader Joshua it was getting him ready then Joshua got the people ready to go into the land and to prepare them to go into this land and so you see up until chapter 5 they get to the Jordan and they're about to cross over and they begin to do that and uh, that's the first five chapters the next slide uh, chapters 6 through 12 they begin to conquer the land now you have got to remember if we backtrack even zoom out a little bit further this land was the land that God had promised his people for hundreds of years they were going into this promised land. They had arrived. This was it. And they there now, and God began to say to them, occupy the land, remove the enemy, and begin to fill it and occupy the land. So that's what they do in this next section. For the next six verses, sorry, just back up. Um, the, the, the pre- so in those six chapters, they begin to conquer the enemy and they rule over the land. The lists of kings that they destroy are just numerous. You read chapter 12, it's just lists and lists of kings that they've destroyed. And then on to the next slide. So chapters 13 through 22, almost to the end, Joshua is literally leading the people and dividing up the land. He's literally saying, okay, this tribe, there's 12 tribes of Israel, you take that tribe, you take this one, you take that land. The Levites, you don't have... Uh, a whole particular land you'll have cities here and there and they, th- there's this whole commentary on doing this and dividing the spoils this land as you recall when the spies went in was full of just it was just beautiful land the land of milk and honey these grapes that we heard about just stunning the spoil of the of the nations that they've taken over and so that's what happens in those uh, few chapters and then the last two are a little bit alarming really it's a warning to the people of Israel and that's where we're going to camp tonight in these last two chapters and there are a few lessons that we're going to learn out of these two chapters because it's this deep exhortation from Joshua and the Lord to the people of Israel saying be aware be aware of what might happen and we're going to get into that in a moment and then the book wraps up and at the end of chapter 24 and we're going to get there in a moment joshua says to the people who will you serve and they say no we will we'll we'll serve the lord but the trouble with that and that's where the book ends but if you turn over if you want to grab your bibles get your phones out uh, and turn to judges chapter 2 very next book and don't worry i don't think we're going into this book in the next uh, preaching series not that i know of yet but it's amazing and chronologically this this is where we go to next, the book of Judges. Who here, as a matter of interest, has a, has a hard copy? Just very interested to know who has a hard copy. If, you put, if you've got a hard copy, put your hand up. One, two, three, four, five people. Yeah, in the room, in the room, in the room. Sorry, in the room, in the room. Okay, we've got a couple. Everybody else got their phones out. Pull it out. Flip through the electronic pages of the Bible. Get to Judges chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, after the whole generation, this is in reference to Joshua's generation. The verse before will tell you that. After the whole generation of Joshua had been gathered to their fathers. Okay, so they, they had passed on. Another generation grew up. This is Joshua's children, the generation to come after Joshua. Grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. How can you tell me that Joshua's generation, uh, at the end of Joshua, said, no, we're going to serve the Lord, but yet their sons and daughters didn't know the Lord, and they didn't know what the Lord had done for them. I'm not convinced, and we're going to have a look at this in a moment and see how we can draw a few lessons out of this. And just as we begin to dive in to the book of Joshua, I want to read this flick back to Joshua chapter 13 at the beginning of where they begin to divide the spoils of the land there's a very significant word that is for us I believe tonight as individuals and as a community the Lord begins to speak and he speaks to Joshua and it says when Joshua was old and well advanced in years who here is old and well advanced in years no one Everyone's feeling like they got tons left in the tank, eh? Come on. When Joshua was old and well advanced in years, the Lord said to, to, to Joshua, You are very old. Okay, I guess he's old. And here's this beautiful phrase, And there are still very, very small pieces of land to be taken. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that it says there are still very large areas of land to be taken over you might be old, you might be unqualified you may not have had an education maybe you're white, maybe you're black maybe you're very young, maybe you're six years old it doesn't matter what your position in life is there is still a lot of land for you to take. For Glenridge for every one of us seated here, that is the truth. But more than that, that isn't just a moment in time. You see, by this stage, they had, if you look back, if you, if you had a hard copy and you could just flick back, you would see the lists of kings that they've destroyed just a moment ago. But God comes in and says, no, there's more. You see, this is a doctrine, if you like, or a theology, if you like, of God that is true for all of us all the time. There is always more to take. All the words tonight, there is more. There's a tipping point. It's because of this, this heart, this thread that runs throughout Scripture that finds us today. There is always more. There is always more. And so if you ever think that you've arrived, you're wrong. There's still more to come. There is more to come. He wants to stretch open, stretch wide our ten pegs and take us into more. So hold that as we begin to dive in to chapters 23 and 24. You see, if there is more, then something has to change. If I can have the next slide. Albert Einstein. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, expecting different results. We go to work on Monday, we go through the week, we get to the weekend, we come to church, we do our thing, we go to home group prayer, the next thing we go, Monday again, chup 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 chup, keep going, keep going, we go backwards and forwards, thinking that something's going to shift. Maybe it's our marriage, maybe we just go through the motions again, we get here and we think, okay, great. And then we go here and we think, okay, great. And again, and then we go here and we think something's going to change. But it might not. It probably very well might not. You see, there's a word from the Lord here. As you turn to Joshua chapter 23 and chapter 24, that's where we're going to stay tonight. So I've had you flicking around, but that's where we're going to camp now. Joshua chapter 23. These two chapters are an exhortation from a loving, caring father through the man of Joshua saying, be aware, watch out. And we're going to read and see how he, he he says this. So Joshua chapter 23 verse 1, you should be there by now. And it reads as follows. After a very long time, after a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them. You see, at this stage, they're in this beautiful promised land. They're sitting under the, the olive trees and the, the, the vineyards. And, the, I mean, it's just spectacular. You can imagine this Middle Eastern uh, imagery. They're at rest. They've conquered their kings. They've each got their land. Joshua, by then, old and well-advanced in years, summoned all Israel, the elders, leaders, judges, officials, and said to them, I am old, in case you didn't know, and well advanced in years. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. I want us to pause there for a moment and see something significant here see Joshua says to the people of Israel he says you yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done have we seen the Lord have we seen him this is my first point have we seen the Lord just beautiful worship tonight I trust all of us have seen a snippet of him again tonight have we seen the Lord you see because if we try and do anything Or change anything to grow and take land and to walk into this promised land without seeing Jesus we're we're done for it's got to start with an intimate walk loving relationship with this Heavenly Father first and foremost as individuals and then together as communities have you seen the Lord he goes on to to speak about in these next two chapters about Everything that they've done I've taken you from Egypt. I pulled you out of there. I walked you through the desert. Have you seen? It's amazing in Judges chapter 2 verse 10 that we that we just read a moment ago Where it speaks about this next generation. It says they didn't know the Lord and they didn't know what the Lord had done Had they seen the Lord? I don't know if they had because they weren't told the stories of what God had done they hadn't seen him they hadn't heard so my charge to us tonight as we read these words is have we seen the Lord goes on to say in verse 4 remember remember have you seen how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain The nations I conquered. You see the language here. The Father's speaking and He says, I've done all this. I've pulled you out. Have you seen me? Do you remember what I've done? What has He done in your life? What has He done in your life? Have you seen Him? Can you go back? Do you regularly go back to those moments and reflect upon the beauty of what He has done for you? The nations I have conquered between the Jordan and the Great Sea in the West. The Lord your God Himself will drive them out of your way he will push them out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you and then the tone begins to shift a little bit this deep father's heart begins to pound through these words be very strong be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of the Moses without turning aside to the left or to the right or to the right to, to the left do not associate with these nations that remain among you do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them you must not serve them or bow down to them but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done until now amazing this tone that begins to come through these words Of a loving father who's brought his children who who's brought us you and I into the promised land into a spacious land and in that in that in that moment he begins to say to them he says to them be careful be strong do not turn to the left or to the right Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. And you are to hold fast to the Lord your God. Are we reflecting regularly upon the Lord? Getting on our knees and seeing the Lord, remembering, Father, I know, I see what you've done, what you did yesterday, what you did this morning, what you've done in the years gone by. We've got to start there, guys. And it goes on all the way through chapter 23 and 24. You can go and read it. It's beautiful. The Lord just begins to speak again. In the beginning of chapter 24, Joshua again gathers his people. He does it a second time. And the Lord begins to give Joshua this word for them and and he begins to remind them of everything that the Lord has done. And if we pick it up in verse 13 of chapter 24, it says, So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities that you did not build. And you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. How many of us here tonight can attest to that? where God has just done supernatural things in our lives but yet we so quickly forget them like the next generation or they don't hear of them. Father, we want to be reminded constantly of these vineyards and these olive groves that we did not plant but that you brought before us. Verse 14, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the God's your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and served the Lord. And this very next verse is so profound. You know, we often think maybe, um, you know, in the Old Testament, there was no, you know, there was, it was just this hard God, you know. He was just this militant. Well, if you don't do this, then you've got to sacrifice that pigeon, and you've got to do this thing, and you've got to go here, and you've got to send that scapegoat out. And this very next verse almost turns all of that on its head. It says here, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. How's that, eh? It's this open-handed heart of the father saying actually who are you going to serve who are you going to pick i've brought you to this promise that i've kept here's this gorgeous promised land this is everything that i've done for you and he freely opens his hands and says who will you serve perhaps you here tonight And you've gone about your life on your own. Just walking whichever way you care to. Walking in the fullness of life, enjoying the things that you maybe haven't worked for. There is a Father in heaven who is offering you an invitation to come to Him. And say, will you come and serve me? Will you come and be my son and my daughter see it's amazing he's always there waiting for us to make a way for us if we, I'll just quickly go there in Judges chapter 2 a few verses later in verse 16 after this next generation had just looked the other way it says then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of their hands out of the hands of their raiders again and again throughout scripture we see this gracious loving father who just reaches down to his people and says you know what actually you've turned your back on me again it's okay I'm gonna make a way I'm gonna make a way and we see this pattern throughout scripture over and over and over again all the way into the New Testament all the way through time, you and I turn our backs on Jesus, on the Father, who's done everything for us, and we fail to see Him or we forget Him and we turn our own way. Thank you so much. And Jesus, the Father, sends Jesus, His Son, to make a way for us an eternal sacrifice a rescuer, a saviour, so that we might have life and be reunited with the Father. I love the Gospels. There's a story where Jesus literally begins to have this conversation with those around him and they've been walking with Jesus. And at one point, he says to his disciples, but who do you say I am? Again, it's this beautiful It's this beautiful opportunity to respond to the Father. So who do you say I am? And they have to step forward and choose and say, yes, I see you. I see who you are. You are the Lord. And they choose Him. I love this as we continue to read on in chapter 24 in Joshua. I'll just read that verse again in verse 15. Says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And Joshua stands boldly in front of them all. He says, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. can have the next slide we can't become what we are called to be there we go by remaining what we are you see at some point we have to decide to make some changes so that we can walk into the fullness of what God has called us to be to grow to grow into what he has called us to walk because you see there's always more There's always more in God. We read it. Chapter 13, there's always more. And he wants to take us into it. But we can't become what we are called to be by remaining what we are. See, the very next few verses in chapter 24 are quite... But it says, the people of Israel say, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God who himself brought us out of and they go on to like defend no 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 no, no. how could we forsake this king and they end in verse 18 and says we too we too will serve the Lord Joshua we'll do it we'll serve the Lord but the troubling part with all of this is we know the end of the story and they actually don't it's just lip service it's just a whole bunch of oh no we will Joshua don't worry we've got this we will serve you I don't know if you've done that before I I certainly have serve the Lord I know you too well I know you're not gonna do this and he like pushes back and he says really I'm not so sure I I know you guys you know you're my neighbor you're my son and my daughter you whoever I, I know you I'm not so sure and almost three times this thing goes backwards and forwards and Joshua gives them a little bit of a, a, a rev. To verse 21. But the people said to Joshua, No! We will serve the Lord. And then Joshua gets a little serious here and he says, Then you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. And they kind of willingly just sort of get sucked up in this. And they said, Yes, we are witnesses. But this next verse is my next two points and then I'm going to start to wrap up. Verse 23 says now then it's like Joshua is like okay this is where the rubber hits the road. Now then throw away your throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord. The God of Israel remember we can't become what we are called to be by remaining what we are have we seen the Lord do we remember in light of him my favorite scripture probably because it's the shortest and the easiest to remember but it's 2 Corinthians 5 14 you've probably heard me say it before for the love of Christ us seeing Jesus compels us and if we've truly seen Jesus if you are here tonight and you know Jesus and you've seen him and maybe I'm sort of reminding you a little bit tonight hopefully then actually we should be compelled we should be moved and automatically to respond to him and he says the Israelites say yes we will serve you I've seen you Jesus you've just told me these two chapters of stories about how amazing you are I've seen you, Jesus. Right. Let's talk business, Joshua says. Says, then throw away your idols and yield your hearts to me. See, what is it to throw away your idols? I mean, that's not a that's not a Uninstall Instagram maybe for a week detox go to the mountain for a few days Kind of get things straight again, and then come back This is a radical radical word This social media leading you to a life and an addiction of porn What does that go to where does that take you what path does that take you down? Are your credit cards leading you to debt? Is your career leading you into slavery I'm sure God's putting his finger on a few things right now you see Jesus was radical I mean he could have done things a million different ways but he came fully God fully man and he didn't just snap his fingers and wave a wand and kind of fix things no he literally was super radical he gave up his entire life he didn't start getting a beating from the Romans and then start walking up this hill towards where this cross might be and then sort of hey guys this is just too much for me I don't know if I can live with Instagram my whole life I mean giving up alcohol for good I'm not sure I can do that and he just went all the way a beautiful Jesus I love the story of Elijah and Elisha. It took me forever to figure out that these were two different characters in the Bible, but nonetheless. There's an Elisha and an Elijah. And they're both these wild men of God. But there's this beautiful story in the, in the Bible where Elijah's is the more senior guy and uh, he's older and Elisha is in the fields and he's got these oxen and he's plowing. And he's got and he's going he's just working the ground and elijah comes to him and he calls him through the word of the lord to go on mission basically to turn and go on a life of following jesus and and going just radical 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 call and elijah doesn't stop and negotiate with elijah and kind of debate and say hey maybe finding his mate next door and saying would you take my oxen and Would you care for this? And he literally takes his oxen. He just kills them right there and there. He sacrifices them to the Lord. He takes his plow, his form of income. He burns it up completely and says, Okay, where are we going? Let's go. And heads off. Throughout scripture, there's a radical call. You see, if we've seen Jesus and what he's done for us, Actually, making this sort of call is not too much. It's not too much because of what Jesus has done. Throw away your idols. What are those things that are louder in your life today than the voice of Jesus? What are the things that are before you that you? are in between you seeing Jesus and your, and your life. What are those things? Those things that are in the way that actually you're not spending time with Him. You're not walking with Him to hear His voice. You're not reading His words. You're not taking time to, to spend with Him. What are those idols? We've got to get rid of them. And it's not some detox. It's some choices tonight that need to be made for good. And then we're to yield our hearts. What is it to yield? It's simply to surrender. To offer a willing heart to the Lord. It's saying I submit my life to the Lord and to His governance. You see, we can't serve mammon or we can't serve this God or that God and still have a yielded heart to the Lord. We've got to surrender our hearts to Him. If God is calling us into more, if He's calling us into a lifestyle of more in Him, there has to be a yielded willing heart. Father tonight we submit our finances, we submit our relationships, our career, our time, our very breath to you Jesus. See, to add fuel to the fire here is that there is another generation waiting for us. You see, if we don't do this, those around us, our peers, perhaps our seniors and those to come, whether they're our biological children, as in the story of Joshua, or those around us, they're waiting for us to come and tell them, just as Joshua said, but as for me and my household, I will serve the Lord. And they're waiting for us. They're waiting to, to see us, to tell the stories of what God has done in our lives. As we've thrown away the idols and as we've yielded our hearts to Him, they're waiting to hear those stories. Who on their deathbed wishes... Or rather, who on their deathbed says, I think, is there a slide for that? I wish I had spent more time at the office. There isn't a slide. Who on their deathbed says, I wish I had spent more time at the office. You see, as we look at this book of Joshua, and we see it as a whole story, and we see these The people of God you and I are moving into more and more of him but yet the very next generation don't know the Lord and they don't know what he did for them there's something wrong with that picture as we take stock of our lives and we say where are we how are we doing where do we find ourselves tonight there is a radical call say Father I see you I see what you've done and if you haven't I want to invite you forward in a moment to come and meet Jesus but we need to know and walk so closely we need to be with Jesus so that we can be like him and do what he is doing you see tonight there are some changes that are required we need to throw away those idols we need to yield our hearts. I want to say that tonight we need to start this journey of change in Luke chapter 24 at the end you see Jesus walking with two disciples and he's walking with them and they don't know it's him and they and he begins to teach them through the scriptures of what this Messiah was all about etc and their hearts begin to burn and they they sit down and they have a meal and then suddenly their eyes are opened and they see Jesus it's like they had spent time with him; they had gazed into his eyes and it says so simply it says they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem there was no hesitation they literally left they'd walked this way they got to this place they suddenly had seen who they were talking with they'd seen Jesus and they got up and they went back would that be us tonight I want to encourage us as well that it doesn't matter where we've been and what we've been up to we're all invited into this incredible story you see almost like the Israelites who kind of say three times, no, we'll serve the Lord. The story of Peter and Jesus, Peter says to, to the Lord, I'll never forsake you, Jesus. I'll, I'll never leave you. In Jesus' darkest hour, where's Peter? Three times. Whoop, I'm out of here. Thanks for coming. And he disappears. And, G- and Peter goes off, and he's cry- he realizes eventually what he's done. But the amazing thing as we see throughout the scripture is Jesus restores. Jesus makes a way to rescue us. And he calls at the end of John chapter 21, he calls Peter out of a fishing boat and he calls him to a, a bra to this intimate place and he says to Peter, will you feed my sheep? After everything that you've done wrong Peter, after you've look the other way as you ran away in my time of need even though you ran away and left me i'm calling you to me i love you peter and jesus chooses him again if you just pick that next slide and the words of 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 jesus say simon son of john do you love me feed my sheep So, I don't know if we could stand. I want to pray for us.
1: It's an incredibly rich text. The next two verses talk about Joshua saying, okay, now that you've made this commitment I'm gonna make a covenant with you mm. I'm gonna put some rules and regulations in place and we're gonna add it to the law of God mm. and uh, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit you see when when Jesus said to Peter who do you say that I am and Lufefe talked about it as well The the revelation that he is the rock you know what Joshua did He's, he built a big rock when he had a covenant he said this rock is gonna remind you it's gonna crush you if you transgress the beautiful thing is the pattern from Genesis to when Christ came and died was try and fail and try and fail and try and fail and in a sense Joshua was, was absolutely right you can't serve the Lord it's impossible because you're human. Until the rock that may have crushed became the rock who is our foundation. And once and for all, the picture of grace, and Graham painted it so beautifully the restoration of Jesus is what actually bursts forth that Giza, that Holy Spirit freely available to us, the grace that is so abundantly ours and so i just want us as graham leads us in a very sobering word and prayer i just pray that you behold him and for the sake of him that freedom can come and it's not our own effort it's nothing we can do i just wanted to yeah thanks
0: gt should we close our eyes i want to give us an opportunity to respond. Father, we're here tonight to meet with you. Father, we gaze into your eyes tonight. Father, we have seen everything that you have done. Your beautiful hand upon our lives. And I want to invite people forward tonight. If you've never said, yes, Lord, I will serve you. Tonight, there's an opportunity to come forward. Maybe you want to do it right where you are right now. I'd love to pray with you.